welcome to the Confidence Conversation podcast with me, Joy Burnford. This show explores the world of women, work, and what it takes to feel more confident. A lack of confidence is not a crime. So if you need some motivation, inspiration, or a boost of confidence, grab a cuppa, go for a dog walk, or escape for a drive, and join us for today's conversation about confidence. Our focus for this season is the four M's, which are monthlies, miscarriage, maternity, and menopause, and how these can affect women at work. I'll be talking to some incredible women and experts from around the world to share their real-life stories, advice, and tips to inspire you in your career. And I'd like to say a big thank you to the Surrey Park Clinic for sponsoring this season. Many of us don't prioritise our health. Whether we're juggling work, home life, or family, we often put our health concerns to the bottom of the list. But going through periods, gynae concerns, fertility problems, pregnancy and menopause can be physically and emotionally draining and can affect our confidence. The Surrey Park Clinic can help and will put your health first. They're offering our listeners 10% off all initial consultations when you reference this podcast. So to find out more, see the link in the show notes or just visit the surreyparkclinic.co.uk. Today, I'm welcoming my good friend, Zoe Latimer, as my guest. Zoe is Head of Commercial Strategy at the Ministry of Defence and, like me, is currently going through perimenopause. Today, we'll be breaking the taboo by speaking out about perimenopause at work, talking about the impact of perimenopause on working women and tips and advice in managing symptoms whilst progressing your career. Hello, Zoe, and welcome to the Confidence Conversation. Hi, Joy. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you here. So this episode is speaking about perimenopause at work. And for those listeners who don't know, perimenopause means around menopause. And this is the time when your body is actually making the transition to menopause. And it usually starts in women around, around 40s, but it can be even earlier and it can last for years. It's something I'm going through at the moment. I didn't quite expect it to happen quite so soon in my life, but <laughs> it has. And I'd love Zoe to, I know you've had a, you know, some experience with perimenopause over the years. I think potentially you're still in that phase. And it'd be amazing if you could just talk to me a little bit about when your symptoms started. And, you know, did you realize that's what it was at the time? Just tell me a little bit about your experience and in, in, in this phase of your life. Yeah. So, you know, it started. And you really made me think about this, actually, kind of how long ago this started. So, so I'm, I'm 46 and about 2016 going into 2017, I just felt like there was always something. I felt slightly like a hypochondriac. There was always some weird symptom or there was something that not quite right. And in the end, I just started jotting things down and and sort of thinking these don't seem particularly linked. They don't seem complete at all related. And some of those things were sense of smell really changed. And this was pre-COVID. <laughs> I was going to say it wasn't COVID. <laughs> it wasn't COVID. <laughs> and I kept getting this weird taste in my mouth. And then stuff that was slightly innocuous and could be anything like felt bloated, digestive issues, 
more migraines than I than I, I'd kind of had. But the more and more symptoms that I was getting, and and I just kept jotting them down and keeping note of them. And I was sort of aware that, you know, I'm coming up to mid 40s, you know, this could be a possibility. I think the thing that really, really hit me though, Joy, was December 2018. My husband was actually away and I had a complete meltdown. I was utterly convinced that I was pregnant. So I would have been, you know, with a seven year old child, I'd had a really terrible postnatal depression after having her. And so the thought of being pregnant in my mid-40s, which for some people is fine, but for me really wasn't, it really, really, really freaked me out. And my body felt so pregnant, you know, my, my breasts, my belly, everything. I was like, this is unbelievable. And it, it wasn't until I went to see a, a doctor fairly sharpish that they confirmed that I wasn't. And that was the point, And that was the doctor who was just so fantastic, just saying, I think this is perimenopause and that's okay. You don't need to worry about yeah. it. And wonderful that you had a doctor who recognised that because I know a lot of people go to the doctor and they just get, you know, given antidepressants or, you know, they don't recognise that as, you know, symptoms for perimenopause. It's getting better, I think, from what I've heard. But I think so. I think there's a lot being done by the likes of Davina McCall and Meg Matthews and others to just talk about it and, and make it, you know, less of an embarrassing topic. So you've talked about some of those physical effects. Can we talk about some of the sort of psychological effects? So how did it affect your sort of emotional, mental well-being? So this is the really hard stuff, right? The physical stuff you can try and deal with and you can get over. In corporate life, it's unforgiving, as you know. And the single biggest thing that I have found hardest during this time is the brain fog. It is absolutely, at times, it can be crippling. It can knock your confidence. It can absolutely pull your own credibility away from you. I had an awful moment in an interview earlier this year where I swear I couldn't even have told you what my name was. And that brain fog and that sort of panic and anxiety isn't something that I've been particularly used to in, in my personal or working life. So, so that was a real shock and, and actually makes you sort of question yourself. You know, you hear about lots of women who, you know, they start hitting menopause and, and they withdraw and they pull away from stuff at work because the responsibility suddenly becomes too much. Did you need to take time off when you first discovered this and when, when it sort of started impacting you? So I have taken time off over the last couple of years definitely for side effects and symptoms of perimenopause. I'm not sure that I've ever badged it as that, Joy. I'm not sure that I've kind of explicitly declared that on my sickness form. Have you spoken to your employer about it? I know you moved companies, didn't you? So around sort of when you first started getting your sort of perimenopausal symptoms, and I think you, you know, you've chatted to me before about how you felt it was a really difficult thing to cope with then. Is it? Tell me a bit about that sort of the difference between when, when you first experienced it in your last organization and then moving you know to the, your new place of work yeah so so I didn't broach it with my previous employer I it just wasn't the right kind of environment to talk about that at all and I think there were probably other things there that that would have complicated that conversation and I felt like this was something that that I had to deal with in that place certainly where I work now Ministry of Defence 
very different approach and and you would you would almost think the opposite really but actually the inclusion and the communities within defence and the fact that you know as a senior female in defence you can talk quite openly about this and kind of coach people and, and entrust people and empower people to talk about it. It's it's a really different environment. I've certainly spoken to my current line manager about it, who also is going through similar symptoms. And that's helpful. I'm not sure I'd want to talk to a bunch of military guys about it, but in the future, why not? I think that's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, I think you feel more comfortable relating to another woman. I guess the challenges could be around if you have a male boss, you know, how do you broach that? And I know a lot of companies are now doing a lot more around menopause and menopause policies and, and all of that, which is great. There's a particularly great network in defence, and actually anyone can join on on LinkedIn, which is the Women in Defence Network. And they are doing so much to raise awareness and do sessions. And I, again, I think that is just so important for people to be aware of it. The problem that I think with perimenopause, it does just feel like lots of little symptoms and it kind of builds up and builds up to a point where then you just feel like you utterly can't cope. And that's the frustration. That's the real challenge of actually being able to step back and say, okay, I can do something about this symptom and I can do something about this. And I need to take a bit of time for myself to rest, to recuperate and again, I think that that's just been quite important for me. I do hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I want to take a moment to tell you a little bit more about my reasons for doing this podcast. At My Confidence Matters, our mission is to advance gender equality through building confidence and capability. I'm passionate about enabling every woman to have the confidence to progress in their career. And I love talking to and sharing women's stories to inspire others. This podcast forms a small part of what we do. And if you think there's room for improvement in the way your organization understands and manages the issues, barriers and obstacles that women face in the workplace, please do get in touch or tell your HR contact about us. There's a link in the show notes. And don't forget, if women's health issues are impacting you at work, the highly experienced team of specialist fertility and women's health consultants, nurses and sonographers at the Surrey Park Clinic are offering you 10% of all initial consultations when you reference this podcast. I don't know about you, but I only really learnt the word perimenopause about five years ago and you know knowing what it was I just thought menopause was like you were just going to suddenly find that you stopped your periods and that was it like goodbye periods and that was it you know you might get a bit of you know hot flushes or whatever but over the last five years I've become much more aware of this and obviously I mean my mum never had any well she tells me she didn't have any menopausal symptoms so I haven't really ever had any experience of that growing up and I think also children at school don't tend to have too much education around it either, which I really hope changes in the future. My mum and I were talking about this recently and she said, you know, we we never heard of the perimenopause. You, you know, you knew about the change and it was, you know, some sort of dark guarded female yes. secret, <laughs> you know, and she said, and we didn't have the internet. So you just didn't have that accessibility to look at, look things up and diagnose yourself with with all these random ailments, which I feel like I 
probably spent quite a few years doing. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I thought the menopause happened to women who were like, kind of wrinkly and grey. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not there yet. I know, I know, yes. Yeah, but you know, I think we're we're embracing it. So you're much happier now, which is amazing. I think when we first met, you did came to do some of our training, didn't you? Yes, I did. Speaking up and confidence to speak up, which I wonder if that was, you know, linked to. Good point. It was, and it was such an opportune moment that that you were running those courses and talking about how much confidence matters and particularly in the workplace and it really helped me find a voice and it really helped me just connect with a different group of people who happen to be female and it was a really supportive environment and I think that again this this talking and and being in these communities whether that's one or two people or, or more is so important maybe it's me but I quite often feel like I'm going a bit crazy or that it's just me. And if you don't vocalise that, and if you don't talk to other people, you can imagine how quickly you'd go in a downward spiral. Absolutely. And it's something I'm actually looking at now, looking at whether we can help organisations offer things like group coaching around topics like you know menopause or returning from maternity or some of these other challenges that women face that men don't have to, you know, obviously there are other things that men have to deal with, you know, in other areas. So, Tell me now, obviously, you've, you've kind of coming out of the other side, or maybe not, maybe you don't feel like you're coming out of the other side. Who but knows? You've, <laughs> who knows? Um, so it's brilliant you're sharing your, your advice with our listeners. So what's your advice for women now, if, if they're wanting to talk to their line manager or employers about what they're experiencing, you know, how can they go about raising it, do you think? And what support could they be asking for? So I think it's definitely worth understanding whether there is a menopause policy at work. You know, there are a few places that are doing it. Channel 4 have have got some really great work underway there. And I know some other organisations have too. Central government are definitely working on pulling together some of these artefacts and content. But see if there's something available. See what your employee assistance programme offers. But that might feel like that might feel like quite a big step to take. And and I think just having a confidence with somebody where you work just helps. You know, you might have that moment in a presentation where you go completely blank and you need them to help you out. I think there's there's absolutely no shame in that. Don't broadcast it if that's not your thing. But I know lots of friends, colleagues, actually, we're all really vocal about it. And we will tell whoever wants to listen about, you know, the benefits of HRT or exercise or cutting certain things out of your diet. And I talk to my daughter about it a lot. She's she's ten, so she's coming the other way. <laughs> so this, this household, <laughs> yes. this household is is a rage of hormones. So poor men in the house. That's all I yeah. all I can say. I think you know you've if if it is something that you feel is is so adversely affecting your work, you've got to talk to somebody in your line management chain because they might be thinking what's happened what's happened to this person I don't understand um, that conversation doesn't have to be a complete outpouring but but maybe it will be and actually you might find that then you can just come away from some of those things that are a bit more uncomfortable for you when you're having a particularly anxious or down moment or if you've got particular symptoms that just 
mean you don't want to be sat in an office or on on Zoom, you know, that, that you can just have some reasonable adjustments to make sure that that, that works for you. Um, I, I would say that one of the biggest things is, and I, and I mentioned it earlier, but this just having a bit of time for yourself. And if you can do it every day, I do a half an hour hit class every day. Wow. Impressive. But if I don't do it, I'm miserable. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit like my dog walking, I suppose. Exactly. Exactly. And it is just that moment of you either kind of you reflect on on your day and it gives you a bit of time to think or or you just completely exhaust your brain so that you, you can have a bit of a rest from the noise that's chattering away. I mean, we talked briefly about HRT, and I think that's the other thing I didn't realise, that there is a lot of different medication out there. It's not just one pill that you can take. You know, there is so much. And I think my advice from a, from my personal experience that I've been through, that, you know, there is so much out there. Don't just sort of accept the first thing that you're given. Look into it and research it as well, because um, that's something I wasn't aware of. Oh, yes. I, I think it's a real trial and error. And I've been I've been relatively lucky with HRT that it really it really suited me and that I've benefited quite quickly. But I've heard horror stories from people of, you know, it just not working and not having that cooperation and relationship with with a doctor or health provider to, to kind of try different things. It must be incredibly frustrating if you try and it doesn't work. Absolutely. I mean, I, I ended up going to a private doctor actually and, and spoke to somebody. And I think it, my recommendation would be if you can do that, try and find a private doctor to have a good hour and a half conversation, not just a 10 minute window and really understand and get them to talk to you about the options because that, that made my life so much easier because I was like, wow, you know, there's all these things that I can do. And I don't think I would have got that had I gone, um, gone down. I agree. I agree. I think some of, some of the specialist healthcare in this area is definitely picking up but I recognise that that's just not for everybody. Brilliant. And I think in terms of sort of tips and advice, you've talked about, you know, doing stuff for yourself. Have you got any advice about, I don't know whether you do this, but sort of anything about sort of monitoring your cycle or your productivity levels? Have you ever gone into that sort of that area? I have done. I have done a few things. So so actually one of my symptoms in the last 12 months that's been particularly awful is that I've had eczema all over my face. Never had it before. And it got really, really terrible. And so I became quite good at not only doing a sort of food diary, but also a monitoring symptoms, <laughs> monitoring all my vital stats and just really keeping an eye. And some of those trackers are fantastic. And I, I heard one of your your guests the other week talking about one of those trackers. I can't. The energy tracker. Was it Karen Skidmore? The energy tracker. Yes. Great. Yeah. Yes, it was Karen. Yes. I can't remember which one I've used. I've used a couple. I use them for a couple of months and then I, I dip out. But it's it's good to see a pattern and it's good to, to kind of just pick up on things where you go, aha, that's the point where I'm feeling rubbish and I need to just go on a long walk. <laughs> and it's, it's creating that habit, isn't it? And just trying to remember to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about sort of, you know, if this, if perimenopause is affecting you or if it might be affecting you in the future. There'll be listeners today who, are not necessarily in that space, but they may be line managers or colleagues or friends. And I wondered if you could sort of give an advice about what they can do and how can they show support to others who may be going through this? What would your advice be to them? So I think like any good coach in this situation, be there to listen. It's such a frustrating time 
whenever it happens and you feel so mixed up about it and uh, you know you might feel like a slightly like a hypochondriac or that you're going slightly mad you might not be sleeping well sometimes you just need somebody to really listen and you might just need a good moan or you might just need a little bit of advice but actually if people could do that I think that would be so supportive and you know share the advice and tips if you're female or you know your wife has some great things that that she does you know feel free to share it you know this is something that is becoming more and more present and more talked about and I think the more we just dispel any vicious rumors about it happening to old people then we are we're in a good place Absolutely. And uh, you're right. It's that listening is so key. It's not about trying to fix something. As you know, I'm writing my book called Don't Fix Women for exactly that reason, because it's a lot of it is about coaching. It's about listening and being there for people. I think that's totally right. So looking back now, you know, what's your one top tip, if we can leave our listeners as one top tip for women who are struggling with perimenopause at work today? So I think, you know, you know your body you know when something doesn't feel right, even if it's a tiny niggle. And my, my tip is just listen to what your body is telling you. Tune in, understand what it is, don't dismiss it, and then try and come up with a plan of attack. You could sort of really boil the ocean. You could diagnose yourself with all kinds of things. And, and I really really wouldn't encourage anybody to do that. But you know, you ultimately are the only one that knows if you're not feeling right. And do you have any, um, you know, if listeners need additional support, do you have any suggestions of, of you know, good websites or anything like that of, of other of resources that where people can go? Well, also we'll put some sort of look at, look at put some of these in the show notes as well. Um, yeah. So, so there are some definite, so, so um, Mpowder is one of the communities that are, that are, that are pretty good. And I've used that, their resources quite a lot. I have to be honest, I've got a couple of groups of friends who are just full of advice and tips. Um, <laughs> so what I will do, Joy, is I will send you over some of those links because, as usual, my memory is just completely... <laughs> been hit by brain fog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it had to happen. <laughs> I know. I know. Brilliant. Concentrating. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing and being so honest about your, um, it's such a personal thing. So thank you so much for sharing your experience with, with listeners today. And uh, it was lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Joy. And that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening and I'll be back again soon with another Confidence Conversation. If you know anyone who might find this podcast useful, please do pass on the link and it would give me a real confidence boost if you could subscribe, rate and leave a review. If you like what you've heard, join us at the confidenceconversation.club where I'll be sharing tips and notes from each episode and you can send in your ideas for future topics. And remember, you can get 10% off all initial consultations at the Surrey Park Clinic when you reference this podcast. To book, get in touch at thesurreyparkclinic.co.uk. Thank you, and until the next time, bye for now.